Welcome to MRS Bulletin Materials News. In this episode, we hear from Rigoberto C. Advincula, Editor-in-Chief of MRS Communications on additive manufacturing for COVID-19. This is based on his recent publication in MRS Communications. Dr. Advincula is the University of Tennessee Oak Ridge National Laboratory Governor's Chair of Advanced and Nanostructured Materials. Yeah, the title of the paper is uh, 3D Printing and COVID-19 Perspectives, uh, Promise, Design, and uh, Future Work. Uh, the uh, gist of the paper, basically, we would like to um, look at the front of uh, what is a developing methodology, if not uh, um, way of doing things in terms of rapid prototyping, responding to emergencies uh, like the COVID-19 pandemic, and harnessing the tools we have in additive manufacturing and advanced materials in order to address those needs. And, and so what we have done with the paper is to lay down the basics for additive manufacturing, address what is uh, medically or biomedically relevant with the pandemic, the examples of uh, what people uh, have done, both from the engineering and even on the medical side, and what can be a promising way that um, both uh, a good knowledge of additive manufacturing and materials can be used to address even future pandemics or even a second wave of COVID-19. Uh, so usually um, <clears throat> in an emergency situation, uh, sometimes the unpreparedness uh, is a very important, uh, if not critical factor in um, uh, meeting uh, the um, needs or mitigating the risk and uh, let's say the disaster where uh, the local supply chain is simply unable to meet uh, those demands, whether it's uh, for PPEs or parts for broken ventilators or the frontline workers equipping them fast enough. Uh, the 3D printing is an interesting method because it sort of democ democratized the uh, manufacturing method to uh, individuals or even organizations or even factories where the digital design can simply be uh, uh, forwarded, emailed, uh, downloaded, and the machine together with the ample supply of filaments and the raw, raw uh, materials can be used to manufacture on the spot and on demand. Uh, in the case of the pandemic uh, that uh, uh, we are still on and, and how it developed uh, beginning of the year, um, the needs uh, uh, was identified. Uh, and then uh, the biggest question is, do we have enough supplies for PPEs or uh, uh, parts that can be used to repair or if not uh, produce machines like ventilators. So starting with the PPEs, we're talking about masks, about uh, face shields, about uh, uh, things that can be used to augment protective equipment, uh, clean room supplies, if you weigh. Uh, a lot of those things normally uh, are sufficient if uh, the number of patients or infected people, let's say, uh, in a pandemic or a flu season uh, can be met. But in this case, uh, uh, there was a rapid demand uh, as well as trying to mitigate the risk of infection. 
So in a way, uh, additive manufacturing answered the call uh, by making available soon, uh, even with a slower manufacturing method such as uh, 3D printing, uh, those supplies. Now, what we're also learning is 3D printing is a good way to augment rapid prototyping or even production of uh, things that can be made by injection molding, which is making the molds or uh, improving the design so that an injection molder can use it. But what is interesting is not only the uh, disruption of the supply chain and the ability to prototype was magnified, but also the opportunity for a materials person to address things like preventing infection or producing super hydrophobic surfaces to, to mitigate um, um, the adhesion or, or the uh, ability of the pathogen to absorb open surfaces. So very unique things uh, with, with realization that biomedical needs, medical needs and, and materials together with additive manufacturing can converge in addressing the pandemic. Uh, yeah, so, so the, the point of universities and companies responding to this need or even NIH itself simply by uh, making known the need and even organizing uh, uh, things like uh, downloadable SDL files uh, or designs or CAD designs from websites. So the universities, there's a growing um, uh, center or a number of centers among universities that are doing 3D printing or makerspace facilities. So one of the first things uh, that the emergency response uh, uh, was met by simply universities volunteering to have their centers or makerspace produce these PPEs. Now, even companies, uh, machine makers, or even organizations uh, in additive manufacturing, such as um, America Makes, or uh, the Department of Science and Technology in the Philippines, or, or even uh, other uh, companies that make their own 3D printers, they responded by volunteering, if not making their machines available for production of these uh, PPEs. Now, some companies and some uh, organizations uh, were uh, well ahead in the curve that they contributed, for example, in making uh, prototypes of ventilators, uh, which is used uh, for intubated patients. Uh, as a, a last resort for uh, preventing death. And they've done so by using 3D printing to manufacture, but also to produce prototypes of uh, ventilators from different parts that are accessible or uh, making use, let's say, of windshield wipers or parts uh, uh, in car manufacturing uh, to produce ventilators. So a lot of those things came out in the open that 3D printing really uh, is a manufacturing and also is a rapid prototyping method. So again, uh, uh, universities, organizations such as America Makes or even the uh, dedicated uh, support coming from the 3D printing companies or even NIH created websites where they have uh, freely downloadable designs for PPEs and other ventilator parts. Uh, and and th it's very interesting that all of this came voluntarily, not mandated by the government, but simply uh, from individuals or organizations putting their effort uh, to address the pandemic. 
the 3D printing again allowed uh, developers to test different materials. Some of them are FDA approved uh, to be used for making those ventilators or PPEs uh, for rapid approval by uh, by the FDA. Or uh, some are using it in terms of right uh, uh, of use or or um, uh, risk. Um, analyzed uh, type of usage. Now, what we have with standards, of course, it can go all the way to the thermomechanical properties of the, this material. So, so for example, uh, their response towards uh, a stretching or uh, indenting or their tensile, flexural, or compression modulus, all of those can be related to their ASTM standard uh, properties. But a lot of the uh, things that can be done in a normal case for testing those materials uh, were also applied, but to a certain degree accelerated because of the need to, to use common materials. So what I mean by common materials is the most predominant type of PPEs are based on plastics. So polymers, plastics, thermosets, elastomers, a lot of them have uh, well-known ASTM standards, but the next phase would have been to validate their performance, let's say, in ventilators in terms of uh, their thermomechanical performance, but also any health hazard uh, issues being uh, validated or uh, tested. Even before the pandemic, uh, additive manufacturing is still in the direction of developing their unique standards versus um, things manufactured using formative methods like injection molding, thermoforming. So what is unique, of course, with additive manufacturing is that they can be produced with more complex geometries and the layer order or layering method uh, simply uh, gives it a different mechanical property, some superior, but uh, in some respects inferior. Uh, so in the case of, of course, the medical profession, medical practice, liability is an issue. And uh, we don't know. Uh, if there are any important directions on, on the acceptance of this uh, for application in the pandemic. But all we know is that many companies, uh, individuals, universities responded to the need. And eventually, a lot of those standards have to be accelerated in terms of approval, uh, especially with the, the case of FDA. Uh, additive manufacturing enjoys the fact that you can make complex geometries and uh, lots of materials, especially thermoplastics and thermosets are readily available. Um, so I can name, for example, some FDA approved polymers like silicone, polyurethane, PMMA, or certain grades of polyethylene and polypropylene. Uh, additive manufacturing can use the same set of polymers, but for the medical uh, approval, which means those polymers have been manufactured perhaps uh, more commonly by injection molding. Uh, additive manufacturing have yet to uh, um, be validated. As the editor-in-chief of MRS Communication, I'm happy to report that this paper will be published at uh, our journal, MRS Communications. It will be a prospective. The title is uh, 3D printing and COVID-19, colon, perspectives, materials, uh, devices, and uh, the future work. 
And a lot of those things that I mentioned in this interview, hopefully you'll find useful uh, with that paper. Uh, and not only do we address issues regarding the pandemic, but uh, a mini review on additive manufacturing methods, materials, and of course, uh, future practices or premises of using additive manufacturing. MRS Communications is a rapid publication journal focusing on letters and perspectives. Uh, we invite the materials community to take advantage of this format and uh, a peer community um, as we endeavor to publish your work uh, in a rapid manner, of course, fairly reviewed, but also uh, providing the maximum exposure to uh, the community. Um, MRS Communication is a publication with the Materials Research Society. Uh, we look at uh, different types of contributions from areas of uh, composites, polymers, catalysis, alloys, uh, applications in energy devices, conversion devices, um, processes, and different types of materials and methods that are relevant uh, and vanguard to the community. This work was published in a recent issue of MRS Communication at www.mrs.org MRC. This is MRS Bulletin's Materials News from the Materials Research Society. For more news, log on to the MRS Bulletin website at mrsbulletin.org and follow us on Twitter at MRS Bulletin. Don't miss the next episode of MRS Bulletin Materials News. Subscribe now. Thank you for listening.